This is a Polar Star Podcast. to Better Tomorrow, a series of conversations on national issues through a local lens with me, your host, Tim Duffy. It's become glaringly obvious that it's necessary to start a podcast in order to become a licensed comedian. However, I didn't want to start one until I had an idea that I found mildly interesting and semi-unique. So in time, a Better Tomorrow came to form, and now it's finally ready to present to y'all. We've all been through a lot this year. There's no need for me to recap it. We did see that real change is possible when people get together, whether it be for positive or negative. All I know is that my focus on a life of leisure has been pretty selfish. But I'm also aware that as a comedian, I'm building a platform that I would like to utilize towards building a brighter future for all of us. My plan is to talk to the people who are on the front lines of making change in our community. I want to learn about the challenges they face as well as the bright spots they see in their daily lives. We need to be taking our cues from their experiences because they are the people learning from the mistakes of our policymakers. Please forgive me for including the occasional comedian because I know a bunch of them. Nothing is going to change for working people in this country unless, surprise, we work for it. As long as profits continue to be the driving force behind employers and politicians, the gap between the few and the many is going to continue to spread until this country becomes a pit of despair. I want to start fighting against that in the only way I can, by amplifying the voices and ideas around me. We need to start small, unite locally, and bring in as many people as we can along the way to building a better tomorrow. That's right, tomorrow with a Tim. Connect with me on Instagram and Twitter at A Better Tomorrow. Thank you to Polar Star Podcast for giving me this platform. Please visit polarstarpodcast.com for all updates on not only this show, but all the shows coming from the Polar Star studio. And thank you to Paraloxo for the beautiful logo, theme music, and all the graphics moving forward. My first guest is Dave Aceto, owner of Arcadia National Bar. We met last year through mutual friends, and I quickly realized he's one of the most down-to-earth business owners I've ever met. As our conversation moved into politics, as they do these days, I discovered that our views aligned on many issues ranging from minimum wage to health care to how small businesses in Portland can help set the bar for a more equitable future. So here it is, my conversation with Dave Aceto. I hated like growing up and seeing all the adult things that like I wasn't able like allowed to do or like I yeah just like adults seem like they had way more fun which is true it is true but, but with you know more responsibility kids have they got youth yeah that's pretty sweet, invaluable sweet. They got, like a full head of hair yep no pain just yeah it's all you it's, know they don't experience no pain. pain just like <laughs> living unless you're the giver that's the only th- kid that experienced pain was the kid and the giver 
I literally, I, I don't, I remember I liked that book. With so many things, I remember it like I liked it, but I have no idea. I feel that way about no like Lauren, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I was like, yeah. I love it. I couldn't tell you what happened. There was, <laughs> so no, there there was, was Turkish Delight at some there point. There was a lion. Yeah. There was a witch. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a guy. I think they fought. Yeah. <laughs> I don't the... think they were together. I don't think they were a team. No, they did not start like a line of clothing for the wardrobe. No. It was not. That'd be cool. That'd be cool, though. <laughs> Alternate history. So, Dave Aceto. Dave Aceto. It sounds like there's a D in it, but it's not. Aceto. How have you been, man? How's, how's the pandemic treating you? Okay. You know, mm-hmm. I would say personally, like, okay. Yeah. professionally no <laughs> yeah yeah like as that's, a that's the, as a small business owner i imagine this is a very challenging time i heard that on the news <laughs> I've, I've been told by the, yeah, by the media been, that yeah, this is the a media challenging time told me and then i also live in a city where i can just look around and yeah. see the four lease signs everywhere yeah 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 and work with uh in a in a job that deals with a lot of that so yeah i mean we would have been working together Mm -hmm. essentially we're in the same industry it's like okay well i guess i won't buy beer for an entire year sorry yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'd love to but yeah i uh i would love to to deliver it to you i assume you're not delivering many kegs right now no no my body is uh is not in keg form. Yeah, you need to train. Like, for yeah, a there's gonna no, be like a montage. It's, it's of like the vacation this summer is gonna be, this summer is gonna be pretty rough because yeah. I imagine kegs will be going out, and I'll be like, whoa, that's heavy. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. The all the moving the machines right now is gonna. Yeah, dude, you look good. Give me some. You look good, man. Definition. So, I don't yeah. know what that means. I don't even know what that means. Dude, it's just like your body's defined. I, I'm defined. I defined my body as out of shape, so therefore it is. The definition is, it is accurate. De- it is defined. Yeah, yeah, you have a defined body. Um, but so Arcadia, it's uh, that's the place you own. Yes. Um, how did that? How did you get into that? Yeah. Like the origin story. Yeah, I've 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 known you for a little while now, and I. Don't even think I've ever asked you that, which makes me a bad friend. Well, you know, I, but I think we're here to we're here host. to make amends. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, well, uh, you know, play has always been something very important to me. Uh, my background is kind of like summer camp counselor. Did that for eight or nine years, mm-hmm. and at some point, you like become a little too old to be a camp counselor, and you start to note it. Like nobody tells you at first, but then they're like, "Dude, you're like 28. You should probably not be working this summer camp unless you like own the yeah, summer camp." They're like, "This is this is getting <laughs> weird." Yeah, so I kind of took the hint at one point. Um, yeah, and moved back into Portland. I grew up in Lyman, so you know, been in Maine pretty much my whole life. Okay, and um. Yeah, I moved back into town, worked at the Boys and Girls Club for a little bit, still kind of, you know, trying to revolve my life around play in some facet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and while I was working there, my buddy Brian was like, hey, have you ever heard of pinball? I was like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> it, that, it didn't even exist in my word. world. Yeah. And so he's like, oh, we should go to Coast City Comics on Congress Street and just play a few games. And Oh, yeah. Um, yep. That was kind of my introduction to pinball. And, you know, meeting people there, we eventually started playing in a league and running the league there and the kind of rotation was go to go to DTL, go to Co City Comics, go to Geno's, mm-hmm. go to Boda, go to Blackstones, like you yep. know, you go on a rotation yeah. down Congress Street yeah. all night. Yep. Um and you know, while we were doing that, it was kinda like, okay, what if we could play games together and drink and like have that nightlife spot nightlife spot that like 
people who have kind of like social anxiety and mm-hmm. don't feel comfortable going down to the old port would maybe feel a little better in. Yeah. Uh, because that's definitely me, you know, as there's all these bars that, you know, I, I like the idea of, but when I go there, I'm like, Ooh, I, I don't know if like, for sure. Am, am for I sure. cool enough to be here? Yeah. Um, no, there's, or just like, ah, oh, there's, why are there all these people here? Yeah, there's a yeah. lot of people and they're very close. That's, I mean, that's now a thing of the past, but yeah. that closeness that you get at a lot of those bars where you're just like, it's part I of just want to yeah. get a drink and I like literally can't move. <laughs> so I yeah. definitely can relate to that. Yeah. And so um, in 2014, we, I mean, 2013, we kind of were like, okay, let's, let's actually do this. And um, 2014 we opened and and had this would have been our six year anniversary in September if we were open but uh, yep. uh, I, I'm I'm happy to be on course to open in, for this September so we'll be able to at least celebrate you know the seventh year with yeah people. that'll be a big celebration I as soon as sure. like we get the really all clear mm-hmm. on being able to socialize and do stuff again I'm gonna go ham like I think yeah. everybody is gonna it's gonna the be a lot of making ready. out a lot yeah. of making out yeah the people town. have not made out for at least a year. At least a year, yeah. yeah. So they're like, yeah. I'm ready. I'm trying to get my make out on. <laughs> but um so so you opened in 2014 and you didn't like had you had any real business experience before that? Oh, not or? at all. And I feel like I still don't. Like I Really? Yeah. There are things that come up all the time where I'm just like, I don't know what I'm doing. And, yeah. and you just, you, you find like the people who do know what they are doing and, you know, seek out advice and, mm. and help. And I, I've picked things up in six years and kind I of, hope, I hope so. <laughs> going I've through, learned nothing in the yeah, last right. six years. <laughs> I've just been playing pinball. Yeah. I don't know. I know a lot about pinball. <laughs> um, yeah. It's uh, go like reopening now or like mm-hmm. going through the process of, of getting ready to open again, which is kind of the third time we've done this. You know, we, we opened initially mm-hmm. uh, a couple of years ago, we closed for renovations to get a little bigger. So yep. uh, then we opened again. And then now obviously with COVID being closed for a year and moving to a new location, we're going to open again. Mm-hmm. And so you're going through kind of the same process of permitting licensing. And uh, that's something really fun that we can get into. Uh, later. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, how, but even, even when you first opened, how was, cause it was a bar and yeah, I know that's different than opening most other businesses. So how was, how was learning that and kind of dealing with, um, with the city? Yeah. Um, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. And it's actually something that, um, I've been working on for a couple of weeks, um, in regards to how those things can change. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I keep kind of coming back to, especially in the pandemic and coming out of it is, you know, when you have difficulty with something or, you know, like the process of permitting and licensing in Portland specifically right now is one of the things that is my focus. Um, once you go through that process, and you recognize how tough it is for somebody, you know, you have two options. And those options are to either just say, oh, I'm glad that is over and done with. And now I can just do my thing. Or you can, you know, turn around and say, how can I make this process, you know, better for the next person, more equitable for the next person. And kind of looking at the permitting process of Portland, there's a lot of equity holes. Mm -hmm. And um, that's something that uh, myself and and a couple other people in the community right now are are sitting down and saying like okay why is this permit pdf only in english you know yeah. 
why is it not including videos or walkthroughs or um you know can i even get a translation of this if i call city hall mm-hmm. uh, are they do they have somebody available to speak in eight different languages um which a number of cities you know will contract out and that's um th- there're just many opportunities that the city can do better and i think right now coming out of this pandemic that's the time that we can really look at each other and say okay if we're going to rebuild this system let's do it when everybody's getting ready to to enter this next phase of portland um yeah you know i i want to to say when all these places are coming up for lease right which there are there's going to be tons of places available Mm -hmm. and there's going to be a lot of people out of work Mm -hmm. if you want those folks to be able to say okay now is the time i want to take that chance on this dream i want to open up this business i want to do this thing that i'm passionate about um why are there so many roadblocks um for people yeah um and that's that's one of the things that I'm in going through the permitting and licensing process again, I'm more aware of and, and, and I want to say like, let's, let's fix the the system that we can. And I think Portland in general is looking at that right now because you know, you've, you've got like the city charter commission where they're saying yeah. like, let's take a look at city planner and city council and mayor and manager, what those relationships. Yeah, exactly. And, and what, mm-hmm. what, what relationship do they have with the city and what power do they have? And are the people who are actually voting being represented um, yeah those are so, all those are all great questions i don't even I, know where this started but <laughs> no no that's that's great because i really do think that that's kind of the hope that i have and i think a lot of people have is that this through the pandemic you know kind of coming out of it that things will change for the better which obviously we'll see what happens but i feel like in portland at least there's a good opportunity for that to happen right and, it, well, there, and there's also a, the there's kind of a struggle of classes in portland too is how are you marrying in like this uh you know these people that can afford to buy a four hundred thousand yeah. dollar to a million dollar yep. condo or home and you know you look at like my dad's family who grew, who grew up on monjoy hill mm-hmm. like that was when it was very, it was very poor, different, yeah, you know, yeah. on, on Monjoy. And um, how can we respect that and uh, but also be welcoming of new people into the community? Mm-hmm. And there's a balance of saying, you know, yeah, if if um, if we do want to all be able to come together, if we do want to make this a city for everyone, mm-hmm. uh, which you know, I, I think that the way that city council is, is shifting, I, I, I'm, I think it's a positive and I'm encouraged by especially the new city councilors in town. Yeah. Um, that we can make this uh, a city that we are proud of and, and believe in. And I think we are going to come back stronger and better and ready to kick some ass. Yeah, most definitely. Because I, I think that kind of touches on something that I've been thinking about a lot, which is um kind of what you see around the country a lot is there's so many opportunities for people who have lots of resources and there's not just opportunities, but there's assistance given to people who have, you know, tons of, of resources already. Yeah. I mean, what's, what's the best way to make a million dollars? Start with 10. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And I, I really hope that we do start to see a change in that where, um, where we kind of realize that we should be giving more assistance to those who don't have um, the resources. Cause it's not like 
there's no there's no shortage of ideas from that group of people. I think we're seeing that a lot with what's happened over the last year with in terms of PPP money mm-hmm. and how much is proportionally going to, you know, larger corporations or, you know, who's the quickest to get a bailout. It's not small businesses. Yeah. You know, we've had to to basically lobby for a year mm-hmm. for some kind of bar and restaurant assistance when, you know, I think I that know. we've been among yeah. the hardest hit industries, you know, I'd along say, with stages. Yeah. Hands down, those are the hardest hit industries, and it's like, what has been done? Yeah, I mean, I've I, we were mandated by the state to shut down for a calendar year, mm-hmm. and you know, the state was like, "Here's twenty thousand dollars, good luck." And like, I appreciate that twenty thousand dollars, yeah, but I've paid sixty thousand dollars in rent for a useless space. So, mm-hmm. like, what else is there? Um, and and uh, you know, I I want to be. Uh, you know, thankful that I'm getting this assistance, but I think it's okay to say that it's not enough. It's not just for you or for the rent, but like the, the employees and the people who work for you and the people, I mean, that is Portland. Portland has become a tourist city that relies on bars and restaurants. And that was taken away by the pandemic as it should, as it should have been, you know, that was the right choice. It would have been nice if everybody in the country did it. (laughs) Yeah. But it's like, you gotta, if you're gonna do that, which you should have done, which should have been done, but there, it seemed like the, the assistance wasn't there. And it seems like, I mean, like you look at this, this is what the third, what we're about to get is the third check for just regular people. Right. In, one year and it totals it's like four dollars a day or something yeah and and it just shows i mean how much that small amount of money has helped me is insane yeah like i was able to get a root canal and a laptop and i hadn't had a computer for about five years um i peed on my previous one that's one another story though yeah that's how you get rid of your old laptops You, Mine uh, was uh, drunk in New Year's Eve, knocked it off the bar, and yeah, that was that was gone. <laughs> yep. Somebody had to like run in with music like very quickly to not destroy New Year's Eve. Um, was it pre or post ball drop? Uh, so at this particular one, it's hard to tell because I like checked the phone and it was twelve oh four, and I just started counting because we had total everybody missed it. Like yeah. nobody knew. Which is like a good sign because we, we, be- we, yeah, we, we were all hammered. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, okay, that's the best New 12 Year's four, Eve. Uh, 10, yeah. 9, and just everybody <laughs> caught on. And yeah. we, you know, whatever, a little late yeah. to the game, but. It still counts. It's yeah. the feeling that counts. That's right. So that's what really matters. Yeah. So I got a, a laptop and a root canal. And it's like, I wouldn't have gotten either of those things if it weren't for just that small amount of money. And I think that goes to show not only you know, that that assistance was needed during this, but just how much, um, you know, if people got paid more. Right. How much Those are essential things. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, I mean, if we're going to continue to talk politics, that's yeah. just, it's going to roll right into $15 minimum wage, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yes, yes. Um, Which I did want to talk to you about, yeah. so that's a nice uh, transition. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, look, that, that money, mm-hmm. and then, like, to your point, uh, for... People like us, and I'm just going to assume that we are probably around the same, uh, you know, we're not making more than, or at least, I'm not making more than $50,000 a year. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not making more than $30,000 a year. But mm-hmm. um, the when when we get paid, that money is going to essential things, to necessary things, and it's staying local. Yeah. So when you look at the 
again, equity. I keep coming back to the word of equity and mm-hmm. like tax equity is a big one. Uh, when you are giving enormous tax cuts to the wealthy, that money is not going to trickle down anywhere. No. It's not going into the economy. It's going into a yacht. Yeah. It's going into an island. It's going into laundering money. Like it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's going into things that you will never see. And like for us, it's going to groceries. It's going, you know, it's going to the Portland Food Co-op. Mm-hmm. It's going to, you know, my local car mechanic. Yeah. It's going to my favorite bar and restaurant. And and I think that's the big point is there needs to be a shift in how we think of money is being spent and and to to forget the idea of of trickle down economics. It's yeah, a myth. That's a horrible, it's, it was it's never a, it's a perpetuated myth from the elite. Yeah. Um and they were like, yo, that actually worked. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we Wait, told them we'd give them some that? money and yeah. they just bought into it. Because it's it seems so simple to me. It's like the more people who have more money, the more money is going to be spent. Right. Because if a small number of people have the money, they're just there's only so much money one person can spend. Yeah. And it's like you think about I was thinking about this the other day. Like if if you think about especially for a city like Portland, if more people were making money the restaurants would be doing restaurants would be doing so much better. Yeah. Cause like I want to go out yeah. to eat. I want to support there. And that's the thing about having 70 world-class like restaurants in town is you want to go support all these places, mm-hmm. but I can, I can get takeout once a week. I yeah. should get takeout once a week. I probably do it like three times. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> struggle. Yeah. I just don't see how that's not, uh, on everyone's mind, like almost all the time because, uh, we should we should all be making more money. Yeah, and, and we we need to go back to that. When you cross that bridge, you don't keep walking. You make it better for the next person. So when it comes to student loan debt, don't just say, "Oh, well, I had to pay student loans, I so know. you have to." Yeah. You know what? Why don't you make it better for the next person? Yeah. When it comes to, um, you know, so I used to make seven dollars an hour, and that was enough for me. Okay, but it's twenty years later. Make it better for the next person. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and it's I just like, it, um, people are so frustrating. Yeah, just be nice, be good. Yeah, just treat other so, people like, how you would like to be treated. Yeah, like, oh, this person doesn't deserve that. How do you know? Yeah, you don't know that, and yeah. you don't know what other people go through, um, just to make it by. Yeah, I, and, I mean, paying rent, and I mean that alone is a struggle, you know, yeah. in Portland because prices are high, mm-hmm. and I firmly believe that you should be able to live where you work. And I agree, like. And that there's something to be said about rent control there too, but um, yeah. at the end of the day, I think $15 an hour is an ethical choice. And it's, and even, I mean, to be honest, that's not even enough. Like, the, it, right. like that should be the minimum. Yes. Like that the is the bare minimum, minimum and, yeah. amount you can get by and it's still, you're going to have to work hard with that. And the fact that it's federally 725 is insane. Yeah. That's insane. I, I think, honestly, uh, I think that Congress people and senators should work the minimum wage. Yeah. Because that's, you know, if they're working for us, here's the minimum wage. You, and you see what it's like. Yeah, lobbyists. Yeah. Jeez Louise. Yeah. So how does paying your employees a $15 minimum wage, how does that affect you on your end as the owner? Right. I mean, look, you're you're... The, the same question can be asked of 12, of 7, of 5, and it's already in effect all the time. Just people don't talk about it. Um, labor costs is going to be built into your pricing for everything. Seasonality of vegetables is going to be built into your price of everything. Um, you know, fluctuation on all kinds of markets are going to dictate 
kind of how you want to set your pricing. Um, one of the big ones for me is, is actually pinball and like, you used to be able to get a pinball machine for let's say two thousand dollars, and now your your basic level model of something new that's coming out is around fifty five to six thousand um, dollars, and so you'll see a lot of prices go to like a dollar or a dollar twenty five per game. But we like mm-hmm. to keep it at fifty cents because mm-hmm. you know that's just something that I think is is romantic. You know, you put yeah. fifty cents in a pinball machine, you try as hard as you can to get that high score or beat your last score, and then you go back into yeah. it. But I beat mean, the yeah, last we, score. Yeah. I'm never getting to that high score. Oh, you're just trying I to beat yourself. I always see that high score, and I'm like, what? What? <laughs> I know. I got to reset those more yeah. often. Um, tell people they have a fighting chance. But yeah, yeah. I mean, with, with, with $15 or with $20, whatever it is, you're building that price into everything. And a lot of times, you know, places around town will adjust maybe – every like twice every year where maybe sandwiches jump up 50 cents or or whatever and uh, somebody mentioned to me today that's like oh i've been looking at some portland restaurants and you know i see them advertising that you know prices are five percent more because of hazard pay or minimum wage increases that were voted on recently and you know i think there's there's two ways to look at that Mm -hmm. for me and one of them is just hey it's an informative thing for people to to understand what's going on and i think it's smart that people know what's happening to your business um and then I think there's also kind of like the people who don't like it are saying it as like, oh, well, I'm sorry, but I have to charge you 5% more because my apparently my employees yeah. deserve $18 an hour in a pandemic. And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, they do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you, you, you build it into cost like anything else. And, mm-hmm. yeah, it, you're not passing all of the – like you're already passing the weight of anything onto a customer. Like that's, that's business. You need to make money. Yes. And that's how business works. So, yep. you know, if I buy a keg of beer – and the beers cost, you know, four dollars a pint for me to pour, and it's a you're paying seven or eight dollars for it. Like that's that's the economy, that's business. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with fifteen dollar minimum wage. It just goes in like everything else. And you know, fifteen dollar minimum wage is catching up to the economy. It's not yeah. gonna the economy is not going to adjust based on fifteen dollars. It's like we we needed this years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you know, maybe. Gansett is three dollars and twenty five cents instead of three dollars. Like yeah. I, I can handle that. I like as a poor person, I can deal with that. Yes. So if I as a poor person can deal with a twenty five percent, you know, twenty five cent increase, yeah, I think probably other people can too. For sure. And you um you kind of always hear uh people say, you know, kind of complaining about how, oh, it's gonna be passed on to the customer. But that's business. Like, that's what yeah. business is. But it's also like that the customer will be making more money, yeah, uh, because of the the price increase. And with so many of those things, like like you were saying, like the price of everything has been going up, but the wage has not been going up. So it's about time that the wage has caught up. Yeah, I feel like it's an inchworm. You know how like an inchworm crawls, mm-hmm. and it's like okay, there goes the economy, and then the minimum wage has to catch up, and then there goes the economy, and minimum wage has to catch up. And, yep. you know, you're never going to have it in succinct where it, where it makes perfect sense, where, mm-hmm. you know, the minimum wage actually reflects what the goods and services of the world cost. But we can do better. So, like, let's do better. Let's inch in the direction of where the economy is at right now mm-hmm. is a hope. Yeah, that is that is a, a big hope. Um, but kind of back to uh, earlier we were talking about um, – how how you have to deal with the the city a good amount with yeah. uh with licensing and all of that um do you think there's do you see the city 
helping you in some ways or does it always kind of feel like you're like the the burden is on you i think it it depends like department to department uh i also think that you know if we are the biggest city in the state of maine we should have the like the city should be employing more people Mm -hmm. uh it's so easy to get something set up in westbrook it's so easy to get something set up in scarborough and south portland uh why is portland so lagging in that area and it's because you know it's like we can find forty thousand dollars to investigate if police were mishandling black lives matter protests but we can't like and i can tell you for free it was mismanaged yes, like yes, there you go i just sure. saved you forty thousand yeah, dollars it was definitely uh, maybe mismanaged. maybe that forty thousand dollars could have been put into the community that was so affected yeah you know maybe we could prob- actually they support probably had the police doing that right. investigation oh yeah well it's i think it's an ex-police officer that was like heading the yeah investigation so yeah mm-hmm. real real yeah. real sound investigation uh-huh. i'm sure will <laughs> occur like, there so you know I, thankfully some city councilors have made time to like meet with me and mm-hmm. talk about these policy changes that we think should be enacted and so like on an individual level it's great to have um you know people take the time but it's much harder on a group level so like to get the city council together and discuss and vote and see if you know, it's a much longer process than just one city councilor being like oh that's a good idea mm-hmm. like let me see and, and then there's different departments that you kind of want to uh, give your proposal to so maybe it's the economic development people you want to talk to maybe it's the parks people you want to talk to you have to kind of frame your argument to a very specific department mm-hmm. even if, even if it's something that's bigger you know um, with, with like these, one of the the main things that I find cost a lot of people the ability to run a business in Portland is that before you can apply for a permit, you have to sign a lease. Mm-hmm. So the permitting process can take four five, six, seven months. So you just have to have seven months of rent ready yeah. available to you before yeah. you even start the process. So you know, let's say that you're looking to have a restaurant somewhere in, in the downtown Portland area, but not like in the heart of the action. You're still probably paying two to five thousand dollars in rent. Multiply that, you know, by by seven months. That's a minimum of fourteen thousand dollars. You just have to have on hand to wait to do something. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think that if we look at how that would affect affect, you know, communities that we want to see thrive in Portland, uh, especially, you know, BIPOC communities. Uh, the One of the ways that you can help a large area of that community is to enact policy changes. And I think that, uh, you know, if people want to look to say, like, let's have sustained um, support for these communities, then one of the major ways to do it is, is through, I think, A, the city needs to hire... Um, somebody to do equity audits. I mm-hmm. think that's a position that the city should have. It should be, you know, it could be something chosen by the city council, you know, people apply for, but I think having equity audits is very important for the city. And if, if we want to lead by example, the state of Maine, I think that Portland should, should take that up. Okay. Um, but enacting sweeping policy changes would be the best way to, um, because like, yeah, it's, it's one thing to, the, the argument that always comes to mind for me is like, saving the earth right and first mm-hmm. of all the earth's gonna be fine we're all gonna die yeah um but <laughs> when when it's like okay you can either get a reusable plastic bag and feel really good about yourself and like maybe that puts the slightest dent on the speck of dust of what we need to do to help you know the environment mm-hmm. 
but really like the best thing that you can do is vote somebody into office that in, that affects policy changes that holds corporations accountable yeah that changes the way that the system works and i think we can do that at a city level yeah let's change the system and i mean that's know, where it has to start yeah like it has to start locally. yeah it has to start locally and i think that was kind of um my big takeaway last year when uh when it kind of looked like Bernie was, you know, actually making a legit push and then yeah. that ended in one day. But just kind of that realization that this, that that kind of movement has to start locally. We can't expect it to just be, you know, nationally right away. Mm-hmm. We have to start making these changes on a local level. And then hopefully people will see the changes start to take effect and be like, oh, well, my life is better which (laughs) i feel like is such a rare um a rare feeling for for uh at least i don't know i've never felt like any politician has really improved you know well that's the argument that i make to to, uh, you know friends of mine that are conservative Mm -hmm. and have like traditionally voted republican i will say like okay how has your life specifically changed between you know Clinton, Bush, Obama, Trump, Biden, like show me some real meaningful change in like my life has not changed. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just not. And there are, there are things I love and hate about all of those politicians. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's being like a very liberal progressive leaning person. Nobody's enacting the changes that I want to see and they never have. And it's like, you know, if, if, if conservatives are scared of, of Biden, like, why don't you wait until you actually hear from somebody who's a you know yeah. actual left leaning person? Yeah, because Biden's just Republican light. I dream of that Bernie world every day. I know, I know, and hopefully somewhere, someday we get there. But it really does have to start on a local level. Um, and also, kind of speaking about um, local issues, I think um, something that we've kind of been alluded to, alluding to in this conversation is um, what makes a city. A desirable place to live, I think, is diversity of, you know, not just race, but also of class. And I think the way you see a lot of cities going, um, especially pre-pandemic, um, it was just becoming a place that only rich people could afford to live in. Yeah. And I think that destroys the allure of cities because then it's just going to be a city where rich people can go. Right. And who's opening these businesses that that, you know, it was such a, a, a diverse uh, class, you know, the, the amount of uh, rich, poor, middle class people that opened businesses in Portland made Portland what it is, mm-hmm. you know. So you can't just expect all these wealthy people to move into town and sustain the thing that made it special, you know. Yeah. You need to be able to take change. Like nobody believed in Arcadia when like and sure, my mom did. But like, you know, a bank didn't believe in Arcadia. The mm-hmm. landlords of businesses, uh, you know, of, of these of these spaces for rent, they didn't believe in the idea. Um, we went to, you know, business mentor things with, you know, God love 65-year-olds. But like a 65-year-old just didn't understand that people wanted to go play video games and drink. That those, mm-hmm. that that culture existed and has existed for the last, you know, 25, 30 years. Yeah. Um, and, and while everybody does game in some capacity, it's just hard to sell that to somebody who was a little older and, and, you know, I, it's just like, it, it was it. so frustrating that, 
you're not allowed to have a good idea if you're poor. Like nobody mm-hmm. will believe in you unless you have collateral. Yeah. And yeah. and that's that's something that even with the new spot that we moved into, um, was was a you know an issue with the landlord was like, hey, you don't have any collateral, so um, how do I know that I can trust you to have a business? And I'll be like, how about the last six years I've been in yeah. business? Like, is that not good enough? When is yeah. it good enough? 20 years in business too? You'll trust that I have something. Yep. And it's like, sorry that I don't own a house or anything, but like, I'm still a human and I still get to live my life and I still get to have a dream and like, mm-hmm. let me, let me do what I love. And why penalize me? Because I'm poor. Yeah. And it's just like, that's the, that these are the people that we need to be supporting and uplifting. Mm-hmm. And I hope that the, that the city and the landlords like, and I hate to be leaving like my old location at, at 24 Preble because the landlords are great and they're ethical people and they're reasonable people. And they, mm-hmm. you know, it's people that I can have a conversation with. Like they were nice enough to let me out of my lease early to try to keep the business going in a space where we could spread out and, and, you know, hopefully open again, you know, in May or June when, people can be out and yeah. still spread out and still masked. Yep. But, you know, in our old spot, it was maybe, maybe I could get 30 people in there and that would be up to like code. You couldn't have more than 30. And it's like, well, I can't, you can't make money. Yeah. Uh, you can't meet the margins if I'm only having 30 people on a Friday. Like I need to have at least a hundred people in through the doors. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's the hope with the new space is people are there, they're spread out. Uh, we can, we can go for a hundred, 150 people safely, Mm-hmm. And then when the world is it right again in, in some capacity uh, that you can get 300, 400 people yeah. in there, have a concert, but yep. they, that's, that could be a year or two away. So while yeah. I do want to make that commitment to say like shows and things like that will happen in the space, uh, people need to be patient because I don't know when that will just be allowed. Yeah, no one, yeah. no one knows that. So hopefully people show the patience. Um, but do you have do you see a lot of the other business owners around Portland kind of in a similar situation to you where it's not like where they're not like rich people I guess is the yeah, easiest and, way and to it's put like it. rich people is not a swear you know mm-hmm. it's like you can be rich like yeah maybe it just happened and it doesn't make you any better or worse of a person mm-hmm. um yeah I mean I think a lot of us are people who work at our businesses and yeah. you know you're spending the goal is to like be able to spend 30 hours a week at your business, which is why you start by spending like 60, 70, 80 yeah, hours right. at that business. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, that's one of the ways that we do, uh, you know, save money is that we don't pay ourselves a livable wage mm-hmm. and we're there a lot. And, you know, I, I like to think that I bring something important to the business. I, I you know, I, sometimes I will pause and be like, wow, like I definitely lucked out to build a world where I can just, you know, facilitate gaming and facilitate mm-hmm. community mm-hmm. um and like i'm lucky to be getting paid for this but at the same time i'm definitely not like paying myself a living wage <laughs> yeah. you know i think the first year i made fifteen thousand dollars yeah which is like i'm the glad bare, that I, i'm yeah. glad that i made it but that's not minimum wage for no. the hours i was working yeah um, and i think that's that's the case a lot of uh, around town you know and especially it's it's been tough to watch all these businesses that you do love and like these business owners that you know have to decide between opening their business and sacrificing some of their personal health or mm-hmm. you know if they owned two businesses getting rid of one of them and that's that's tough because it's not you know that is your child in in some ways uh you know you've not like taking anything yeah. anything away from people who have had children and raised <laughs> children that's much more difficult and much more real but um you know th- these 
these are things that we raised from the ground up. Yeah. And sounds like they might be equally difficult. Yes. <laughs> yes. I yeah. I don't. But I can't imagine pe- there are people who do both. There are. Which yeah, sounds it's like quite difficult. How yeah? How do you do it? And it's been tough for everybody. Um, you know, I'm I'm happy for the people that were able to find a niche in in the pandemic and make some money. Like mm-hmm. absolutely, I'm not gonna ever stop anybody from getting that paper. But yeah, um, yeah, it, it was a lot of choices, constant choices, and constantly questioning like what is gonna happen. I mean, after two weeks of of closing down, I mean, when we were told we were going to close down, it was like okay, this will be over yeah, in two weeks. Be, yeah, not remember, worried about I it. I remember those. And then it's like one yeah. month in, and you're like, okay, well, it's almost summer. It's gonna go away. Not gonna worry about it. And then two weeks turns into two months, turns into six months. And that you're just always like, how am I going to read the future and try to make the right move for what I think the world is going to be? Yeah. It used to just be like, boy, I hope I, you know, sell <laughs> enough beer of, on a Saturday. Hope a lot of people come yeah, in. Yeah, right? And now <laughs> yeah. it's, you're, you're making decisions that will affect your business and your life with very, very little information. And so... Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand that we're all kind of flying by the seat of our pants because nobody was ready for this. And, um, you know, but it, again, it brought up to light a lot of these holes that, especially with like unemployment in the state of Maine, like we're paying money into unemployment, but it's not there. Like, how does that work? Yeah. And how can we be more transparent in governmental transactions and, you know, even like voting that would shut everybody up. Just make it public. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you voted for, but if you want a quick and easy way to figure out wh- how fraudulent something was, yeah. just make it public. Yeah. Yep. I voted for this person. Yeah. Like, yeah. get over it if you don't... Yeah. You know, if you want a free and fair election, just tell me who you voted for. Yeah. And I can go online and look at the list, and somebody can be like, I didn't vote for that person. Yeah. That's that's true. I don't... I just... We're so afraid of, like, being ourselves and showing who we are, what we support, how much money we make, um, the things your business stands for. It would make it a lot easier for me as a customer to be like, okay, this business, you know, does this, this, and this. Well, fuck them. You know, there's a couple of breweries in town that I don't buy from because I don't care for who they are as people. Yeah. And that's, and it's good to know those things um, as a consumer. I think it is important to be able to find out that, that type of thing. And speaking of transparency, I remember one of the things that I saw you do and I was like, that's tight was when you posted how you used the PPP money and you challenged other uh, local businesses to do it. And did anyone else? We got two. We got two. Um, <laughs> Foul Mouth Brewing did it mm-hmm. and Little Woodford's did it. Nice. Um, so, Shout hey, you know what? Them. You know, we if we were able to make an impact on two businesses to share that, then that's great, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and... But you know, I, I mean, that, and that information is out there and became available, at least how much people received. Mm-hmm. But um, especially with bars, it was so different because that money, you're expected to make money with that money. Like, that's yeah. how it's supposed to help you. Well, you can't make money when you're forced to be closed. Mm-hmm. So PPP money, like, didn't stay with the business at all. It yeah. went to utilities, rent and employees. And like, mm-hmm. absolutely. Like, the reason it's there is to go to employees. It's it's a safeguard for them than it, more than it is for us. Yeah. But it's worked into the system that it's an assumed safety net for the business as well. Mm-hmm. And when, you know, you have these mandated closures of music spaces and, and bars, it's like, okay, well, I understand that you're trying to do this sweeping help for everybody, but you really need to look at the people that are affected so massively different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, churches. Like, yeah. What, what the fuck? Churches. Yeah. Did churches get so a lot much, of money? Like millions, millions of dollars in Portland. 
That makes no sense. (laughs) (laughs) Which is when I kind of considered making Arcadia a church. A church, yeah. There's been so many times where I'm like, we could become a church, a museum, like... Yeah. And And you could make, make, I think, logical arguments for both of those. Like, we were a coin-operated museum. Yeah. Um, I I would definitely give a sermon on Sundays if I could talk for half an hour. Yeah, definitely. I'll I'll, I'll talk about ethics in gaming. Yeah. Let's get it done. (laughs) I think we could do a lot more good than a lot of religions. I don't know. (laughs) I, uh... I agree with that. Um, as as a small business owner, how do you feel? I feel like that's kind of the most abused word in politics. <laughs> oh yeah. Now. Oh, it's like it's uh, small business owner, the elderly, and education. Yeah. Like every, nobody's gonna run and be like fuck education. Nobody's yeah. gonna be like I hate the elderly. Yeah. No, everybody's gonna say they love small business, old people, young people. But it also, I, I feel like it's always used as like all small businesses are good things, which I don't think is always the case because I think a lot of it is based on who, who owns it and how they treat their people. And I've worked for small businesses that are great and I've worked for small businesses that aren't great. But whenever you hear the word small business, it's treated like it's a good thing. Yeah. And um, I just don't know why... Um, people accept that and it goes both ways too i think you know that there are large businesses that are you know okay they're and, all and, evil um <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm looking at you dave and busters Fuck yeah <laughs> i would never support dave and busters thank you. so thank you. i, I want to i appreciate you, that let you know that arcadia one dave and busters zero. Yep. <laughs> yep um but i think now is a good time to talk about uh the move which, yeah yeah must have been a huge, huge decision to make and kind of uh, what what made you, well, you touched a little bit on what made you think about because you need to have more capacity. Um, but how did that kind of come about and how's it going? Yeah, it was a little bit of a perfect storm of opportunity and necessity. And, you know, we really, when everybody was bummed when, when Port City decided to shutter. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a part of, you know, like a, a larger conglomerate, I think, owned a bunch of smaller venues, shut down a third of them and said, peace out. We're not going to worry about it. Yep. Um, and, you know, when you lose a community space like that, you worry about like what's going to happen to it and, you know, who might take it over or what they might do with it. Uh, and we kind of like were jokingly almost be like, what if what if we just like went to Port City? Like, wouldn't that be cool? And yeah. we could like take that space. But um I think we we talked about that in September and it was like an afterthought, like nobody had really taken it seriously. But then again, like people are ramping up to open again because we hear that bars are about to open in October and things are getting safer. And, you know, the governor's like, get ready, everybody, get ready. And actually, never mind. Uh, we, we can't open. So classic Janet. Mills so you have maybe. to you have to. Poor Janet Mills. Yeah, I know. I know. It's not an easy situation. What the, what but, the worst time to be a governor? But she did keep, she kept doing that. Yeah, I know, right? Like, we're gonna, uh, just kidding. Uh, yeah, the signs in rural Maine are always good oh, for yeah. some Janet Mills uh, ribbing. a lot of them. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, we, we it, it, as we continued to be closed, it became more and more dire with like running out of money and like, I want to do this for the rest of my life. I mm-hmm. want to be a spot that people can come together and and game and meet new people to come to a bar alone to come to a bar with other people um and and i know that i personally have more work to do to continue 
like I'm not happy enough with my community building. And I think that this space will allow us to do it better, to be, you know, more inclusive. Like I, I there's just so much work to be done mm-hmm. w- when it comes to being inclusive too in the community. And um, like step one is get save the business, right? And then step two is use that business and use that space to increase, um, you know, the communities that are in your space um, and to be intentional with with what you are doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think anybody who's intentional with their business runs a better business. It's not just like, okay, uh, we're going to do that and I'm just going to leave it alone yeah. and I'm never going to worry about if it's like good enough. You know, you, you need to be like willing to make mistakes in your business and also to adjust how your business interacts with the community. And um, that's one of the things I'm really excited for with this new space is that it is so big that we can bring other people in, not just for gaming and not just for concerts and not just for events, but if people want to hold like meetings there, absolutely. Like let's, let's use it as a community space. Yeah. Um, You know, if a, political action group that you know advocates for the things that we also advocate for want to come in like let's use that and and use our voice to forward the things that we think need to be forwarded for sure um, and i'm sure i'm jumping around but the, no no jump yeah jump, jump around jump, jump around, around. <laughs> and now a music break <laughs> um karaoke yeah um <laughs> karaoke's always been a tough one because it's like an x factor yeah it's like it could be a really great experience or it could be miserable. For uh, sure. So I'm just going to table that one. Uh, kind of like a comedy open mic. Exactly. You know, you never, you're, you're putting the, ex, the guest's experience in somebody else's hands. Yeah. And that is when you want to curate a space, it's very tough to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would be more inclined to say like rock band in the basement than okay. karaoke yeah. on the stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on the main stage. Yes. Well, on the bottom stage tonight in the uh, basement, yeah. uh, we have karaoke for three. In the basement bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, there, there's um, a lot of potential with this new space. Uh, obviously, we started a GoFundMe, which yeah, was... Yeah, that was um, wild. It was wild. And how did you... How did you f- feel about that must have felt pretty cool yeah i cried a lot yeah there's a lot of crying that Um, must have been like i feel like i cried just because i i i didn't even i think i saw it on reddit actually on the portland main reddit and i was like oh wow click on this and it you'd reach the goal you or you were just about to reach the goal and it was like 17 hours after it was posted i was like wow it was it was wild um and you know you, you, you have to just pick a number when you have a GoFundMe and mm-hmm. you're like, I hope I get it. And like, do I need at least a hundred thousand dollars to do this thing that we're trying to do? Like, yes, I do. Yeah. But I'm not going to put like, you, you just have to decide on what you think is like an okay number to ask the community. Mm-hmm. And I even had reservations about doing a GoFundMe, um, you know, to ask like our clientele who are a lot of bar and restaurant people who are also struggling to like yeah. throw us some bones, um, you know, I, I talked with some friends about it and my, my buddy Alec kind of put it in perspective and said, like, look, you can't stop someone if they want to give you their money, let them at least just give them the opportunity, you know, yeah. because people have been asking how to help give them that chance. And mm-hmm. so I said, OK, 
Um, I'll give him the chance. I'm going to pick a number, and it <laughs> happened pick to be... pick it out of a hat? Yeah, well, it was, it was 420.69 yeah, was the number nice. that we picked. Um, that's, uh, I'm we going to go say for, that's the best number <laughs> We were going to go choose. for, for 40000 and then we're like, let's just, you know... Yeah, have, let's just make it fun. I think our clientele will appreciate yes, what yes. we're doing here. And, um, you know, you, you, you pick that, and you're like, man, I hope... If we can get five thousand dollars the first day to like really kickstart this thing yeah. and give it a good push, like that'd be great. And I, I was, you know, I didn't, I didn't even know if we would hit forty, yeah. to be honest. And like I said, when you need a hundred, a hundred twenty thousand dollars, you just kind of say, okay, here's what I think is an ask that that will work. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just I mean. There were so many of my friends I had talked to the next day that were like, yeah, we just sat at home refreshing it all day and it's like watching it go up. And it was like, a, it felt like we were all together at the bar again, but we were just sitting at home, like clicking, you know, refresh, refresh. It's like, there's there's another 200, like, (laughs) (laughs) I almost wanted to do like a a telethon, like a Jerry Lewis, like, you know, phone bank telethon. Yep. Yep. Um, You know, get some live acts in there. Yeah, right. Next next time. Yes, next pandemic. Next, <laughs> yeah, pandemic, next pandemic. I promise. I promise a telethon. <laughs> nice. Nice. Um and I, I love the video that you did for it. And I think you did do a great job of kind of I mean, I think there were plenty of people who just saw it and were like, Oh, I'll contribute. But you made a great case in that video um for why this is important and why it's, you know, a good thing for the community. Because, dude, Dave and Buster's could have been moving into that yeah, space, yeah. you know. And, and as you know, we fuck don't em. want that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fuck Dave and Buster's. Buster's okay, but Dave. Dave, there's only room in this town <laughs> for, only, one, for Dave. one Dave. <laughs> yeah. Dave and Buster's is not this Dave. Yeah, that's it's a correct. different Dave. I would like to make that <laughs> and known. make that clear. Yes. On this podcast, that that, that would be great if I was this... like big business Dave and yeah, Buster, right. but I just never told anybody. This Arcadia is, just, is like, a, like it's like how like, they do like Buffalo Wild Wings rebrands as like wings and stuff yeah. <laughs> on uh, like the delivery apps. It's like, oh, what's this local wing place? And you're like, it's just Buffalo Wild Wings. Really? Oh, yeah. Dude, I think like Chili's I, or Applebee's did that. I definitely was like one day I was just looking at like one of the apps. and I was like, who's what's this wing place? Yeah. Glad I don't eat wings. Really. <laughs> so, um that's I heard Cheval is just actually Dunkin' Donuts. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I love you, Cheval. <laughs> I heard Arcadia is just Dave and Buster's. Yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> and also, like, shout out to Cheval, who've been, like, some of the greatest advocates in the community for, um, you know, pandemic relief, workers' mm-hmm. rights. Um, Damien and Ilma are, are total badasses, and I love supporting them. That's great. Yeah. And I, there are um, there are so many, so many places around Portland that are are great and do deserve support. And, um, I hope that, uh, people are supporting them because I know I try to. Yeah. And, uh, and that's one of the, one of the difficult things about, um, not having a lot of money is you do kind of have to make those choices about where your money's going to go to. And in the last year or two, I really have kind of tried to make a very conscious effort where, I'm I'm willing to spend that extra money to support a place that is local and you know support someone who's treating their who I hope is treating their right. employees right which is something you never really know and I think that's that's uh that's awful. I think there should, needs to be much more transparency in um the way businesses are run. So Yeah, you, and and you know, I, 
you you hope that you're doing okay, and I'm sure that there's many things that I do that are frustrating to mm-hmm. employees, but I hope that you know. Nikki and I have headed out a number of times in like a very friendly way where it's like, hey, Dave, maybe you should do this differently. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to listen to you and and hear this and try to, uh, you know, do better. Mm -hmm. Because like, look, life is 5,000 mistakes. Like you're a day. (laughs) Just 5,000? Yeah. Yeah. A day. A day. Um, You know, I make, and like, I think that's one of the problems with uh, the country is that we're so obsessed with winning and being right all the time. And it's like, yeah. look, you need to embrace being wrong mm-hmm. and and be willing to correct your actions and correct your thought processes and, and be willing to learn about something. It's so easy to say, I'm right, and I'm not even going to listen to you. It's so much harder, uh, but better to just be like, okay, let me turn off these things that I think are true. Let me listen to somebody and 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 be willing to say I fucked up, you know? Yeah. So yeah. many times, all the time. Yeah, and and to to like... If you're called out to not just be like, whoa, why are you call why are you do like listen yeah. to what but, people but, are saying. Yeah, but like listen to what people are saying and try and learn from that. And and give people that the space to learn. Yeah. To say like, yes. okay. Which is very I think very important because I do think that there is definitely um, you know, that's kind of a part of the problem I have with what I see a lot of people on the left doing, especially on social media platforms is not because it it, like people make mistakes and people we want people to learn not just be shamed right i mean that's a huge issue with our our justice system you know it's just about punishment it's not about learning anything or taking care of the victim you know yeah yeah but that's that's for that's another that's for another seven hour podcast that we'll do exactly um, Should we just do a 24-hour yeah, let's marathon just, uh, podcast? And uh, then the with the phone-a-thon. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in. Please, please call in. 24-hour podcast. <laughs> I do want to uh, wrap it up here, but in to close it out, I just want to ask, um, what's, what's something that you think uh, people could do, um, a change they could make when, right after they listen to this, to make for a better tomorrow. Yeah. Well, I'll first speak as a small business owner and say the best thing that you can do to help small businesses get a vaccine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the the way to get where we need to go. And I will also implore, uh, hopefully by the time this comes out, you know, service industry yeah, folks have, we'll have, have, the opportunity. have had that vaccine and been moved up to mm-hmm. where if we're being forced to be around people, yeah, yeah. Um, that we get an opportunity. But what can you do for a better tomorrow? Um, I think performing just an audit on yourself mm-hmm. and, um, and, and a community audit and say, if I'm just being complacent, what can I do? If I go through my day and I go to work and I come home and I play my game and I watch my show and I go to bed. Where can I find time in that day? Where can I find five minutes to find some way to impact the community or to lift somebody up that needs to be lifted up? Um, it's easy to celebrate the people that have already won. So it's time to look to the people that want to get into the game and say, yeah. where, where am I going to put the camera? I want to put the camera on that person. For sure, man. Yeah. Dude, that's that's a that's a beautiful message, man. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself, but I think that's I I fully endorse that as the uh, host of this show. Can I get a stamp on the video? It's like yeah. endorse. <laughs> <laughs> Sound advice. 
Um, I'll work on that. Great. Thank I'll you. work on that. <laughs> Put it in post. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much, Dave. I yeah. think uh, what you're doing is great. And uh, thank you for coming by and talking to me, man. Cool. Thanks for hanging out. It's been great. Hell yeah. Absolutely. Dude, I can't wait. I'm so excited for the new space. Yeah. Just Yo, comedy? Absolutely. Comedy, nice. Nice. burlesque, theater, music. Yeah. It's a stage. Let's get it. Yeah. Dude, I'm I'm so pumped. I have so many ideas. We'll talk about yeah, that. Yeah, off after. air, we got some things yeah. to talk about. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Definitely. All right. Well, cool. thanks, man. Yeah. See you later. Yeah, Woo. see you. <laughs> I live here.